It's Kitchen Table Spirituality, an evening devotional with pastors Jonathan Malone and Charlie Eastman. Charlie Eastman is the pastor of Pilgrim Congregational Church in Southboro, Massachusetts. Jonathan Malone is me, and I'm nailing it today. He's the pastor of First Baptist Church in East Greenwich, Rhode Island, if you please. Stop by, say hello. Yeah, we're always sometimes happy to see you. That's right. Oh, wear yeah. a mask. Wear oh, a mask. Oh, yeah, please wear a mask. Yeah. Don't be like a miniature basketballer. Wear a mask. I, I missed that reference. It's a callback from last time. Do we have many? Oh, that's right. Things. All those little kids playing basketball, no masks. Yeah, yeah. Right, of course. Because you can't wear a mask and play basketball. No. I, yeah, you, I, I mean, see, of that's where, you can. Oh, here we go. So this here's is not a podcast about masks. No, but, but, but I will say, say your piece. I, I've, I, I used to, I've, I've moved away from the neck gaiter mask. Oh yes. In most cases. Yeah. It's pretty constrictive. It, well, the, oh, actually the neck gaiter is, it's a lot thinner material. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I wear it when I go for a run. I, I keep that on because it's easy to slip it over my m- mouth oh, yeah. when I'm yeah. running and then slip it back down. And I would say if you're in athletic endeavors, mm-hmm. at least do that much. Yeah. Um, the heavier cotton mask is better. It's just mm-hmm. a better mask. I mean, but yeah, that's my, that's my two cents. Drop blitz. Yep. Thank you for that. Yeah, sure. All right. So obviously we're pro-mask, so if that takes you out of our uh, right. podcast, then there it is. I'm also pro the 1980s short-lived cartoon series, Mask, in oh. which you had vehicles that would transform into other kinds of vehicles. Oh, wow. It's like, and, they, and the people got to wear these special masks. People write in if you remember the show and if you had some of the um, toys from Mask. 12 this enough at gmail.com. No, it wasn't Transformers, but it was concurrent with Transformers and G.I. Joe. It's like they tried to take both of them, G.I. Joe and Transformers, and Ooh. and take the lamer parts of both. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. It's like Christian rock. It's like Christian rock. <laughs> Just dive into the 80s, dive into contemporary country, take the worst parts of both, and mm-hmm. say the same thing over and over. And maybe a little bit of U2 influence. Oh, we have now tipped our hand completely. Yep. They've figured us out. Yep. How are you oh, doing, well. Charlie? I'm great, obviously, because I'm so salty this morning. Yeah, you are. Um, uh, things are going well. We are getting ready for our first in-person, indoors worship service. I oh, know we're that's exciting. Behind the curve from some churches on this, but ahead from some others. So I, I feel we're in a comfortable middle. We've been watching how it goes for others. We've been learning. We've uh, digested our our you know, inputs from the Commonwealth, and Mm -hmm. um, we're going to do the best we can. So 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, September 20th, we are worshiping in person. That's the plan at the moment I'm speaking. Excellent. Yeah, that's right. why shouldn't it come true? Additionally, we adopted an anti-racism statement. Oh, I didn't know they were up for adoption. Congregational Church. They are. Yeah, you should get yours too. Okay. Um, we decided to make a statement that encompassed um, the best of our thoughts as we could put them together on church council. Um, mm. It's a it's a great statement, and um, I I love it. So oh, vision statements, anti racism statements. We're making the statements. We're we're defining yeah. some territory and getting ready to leap into our next exciting new future. That you how know, are things at East Grand? I was just going to say the Pilgrim Congregational is a church that makes a statement. Indeed, we do. Yeah, and then we do something with it. You'll and, see. And, right, and you do. You're doing things about it. Things are going well. Uh, we had our kickoff Sunday, so to speak, where I started a sermon series on being radical. Hmm. 
Uh, so I, I like went, it already. Yeah, I ran out there with a surfboard and spiky hair and sunglasses and said, I was "Radical." Say another rock. '80s reference. Yeah, but it's it's coming. We got it. You know, it was just a simpler time. <laughs> it was <laughs> sillier too, but simpler. Yeah. Oh boy, were they still the, sorry the sh- '80s? The shoulder pads. Um, yes. No. So the the sermon series is on being radically different from the world and how Christ okay. calls us to be radically different. So I'll be continuing that. We had a, a different view of the Exodus story this Sunday. We're going to be um, spending some time with Jonah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also this Sunday is the first Sunday we'll have our kids' church option. Uh, some parents said they may bring their kids. Some said they wouldn't. And others said, I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So our Those, those sound ed- like the good, uh, good responses to have. I appreciate yeah. that. Good on yeah. you. Yeah, so to say, yeah, so we have the option if there's kids that will will show up, um, we're going to have a a sign-up genius so people can let us know ahead of time so we don't have staff folks just hanging around. But up through grade four, we could take them to our fellowship hall, which is a nice big space, Mm -hmm. and, you know, continuing our Christian education with them. So we're glad to be getting back into the swing with That's Christian education, yeah. Yeah, our, our CE team is is working out ways to connect with the students. We're going mostly online, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, almost all on all online to start, but it's I, I'm, I'm hopeful for change. I'm hopeful we're going to evolve, yeah. and, and not just our church, but all churches and all peoples with this virus. We learned to live with the flu, didn't we? I well, feel like we're going to learn to live yeah. with novel coronavirus eventually. Yeah. There are things that we aren't able to do that great on me. Yeah. Yeah. So there's things that I don't want to learn to do, but other right. things I'm like okay, this is but the we, norm. This is But yeah. we can we can both admit that learning is important. I You know what? I'm going to go with you on that one. Okay, good. I'm going to stand was, in your was corner, Charlie. I'm a little Charlie. afraid that we we're about to end the podcast right here. Right. Safe. Because we are we are definitely here to make an argument for Christian education, are we not? I think we are making I mean, I just did a, did a big plug for our church starting our Christian education. So I think we need to give the people some reasons why that's important. And of course, we're doing this at a time when students and educators and support mm. staff are all getting back to school as well. So this feels as timely as we get around here at uh, Kitchen Table Spirituality. Or maybe so, not. We've been pretty timely lately. Yeah, I think we have been. Yeah. All right. So um, you know, Charlie, that the Sunday school um, experience and movement is not original to Christianity. Mm, say more. You know, Jesus did not go to Sunday school. No, he didn't. <laughs> That's true. Well, and it's only really because they hadn't developed the felt board yet. That's right, obviously. But once no, they did. What's yeah. That? Why even show up? <laughs> I know. There, so there was this idea, as far as I know, that you know, education, so the learning um, was done in, in the synagogue. People would read scripture and someone would talk about it, and that's how you would learn. Yeah. And maybe you could go and study with a rabbi. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and learn that way. And as the Christian movement developed, I think they adopted a lot of that kind of learning styles as well. Um, Absolutely. You know, until we started to, you know, get into some serious debates and wonderings and questions, and you had this division of knowledge and and you know lay people, those who are who are who have learned a lot and those who haven't. And so with the mm-hmm. growth of the academy. Yep. Um, and and that created the separation of haves and have-nots as far as knowledge about God. Oh, I'm glad you phrase it that way because that's an important distinction to make. Oh, good. Unfortunately. 
Yeah. So it, it's... This is, this is where you can become part of the 1% people. I, oh, in, in a good way. The better 1%. The better. Yeah, those sorry, who... that wasn't really a great, great sales pitch. You, <laughs> you, were waiting for that, you were waiting for that line to get better, and it just didn't. It just sat there. Yeah, that was like... Come this on, is how you can... Unmold yourself. <laughs> nope. No, this, is how you this is how you can join the empire. Yeah, no. This is how you can become part of the uh, blessed 1%. Those that actually do uh, have knowledge about faith. That's rather nice. Than just, rather than just assuming. Um, I've got I've got an idea about this. Um, yeah, go ahead. Regarding, I mean, let's let's start with assumptions. Um, okay. If you don't, if <laughs> those who don't learn have to go through the world based on myth and assumption. And you know what happens no, when you make an assumption. That's right. We're not going to spell it out for you. No. Uh, Ask your teenagers. Before people knew that we lived on a round Earth, and yes, I'm stating that unequivocally. Before people knew that we lived on a round well, Earth. Um, um, it, Charlie, if I may. Oh it's more of an oblique spheroid. Oh, boy. Thank you. <laughs> I just want and, to be accurate. And that the Earth both rotated and rotated around the sun. Mm-hmm. They had to invent myths about things like Apollo's chariot dragging the sun across the sky for our benefit and edification. Um, but but that's not the way the world works. Right. And, and not knowing the way the world works, you can't do anything about the world. So if I've got a leaky pipe in my house and it groans... I've got a groaning, mm. leaky pipe. And oh, I nice. decide that there's a spirit. I assume there's a spirit in the pipe. Mm-hmm. And I perform an exorcism on the pipe to remove the spirit from the pipe. And the pipe still we- leaks. And groans. I guess I'm just stuck with an angry spirit. And my world doesn't change. Maybe you need get... to sacrifice more goats. Exactly. Uh, what I'm saying, people, is get woke. Fix Whoa. your pipes. Yeah. Do the work of learning so that you don't have to live on assumptions and myths, which do not take you forward. But, so I'm a but Charlie, one of our greatest, one of the greatest theologians of, West, of, of Christianity, I'd say Western mm-hmm. Christianity, but um, Augustine of Hippo, sure. once is, is, is attributed for having said, you don't know what we're talking about because we're talking about God. <laughs> How can well, we? No, you brought it, so you unpack it for the people. <laughs> oh, son of a! Um, <laughs> Look, it's Jonathan in dialogue with himself. Right, right. Well, so I mean, part of the challenge of Christian education, and probably just religious education, mm-hmm. uh, is there is this moment where we can learn and learn and learn, and then there comes a point where we can no longer speak. Oh, yeah. Um, those things upon which, this is Wittgenstein says it, so things upon which we can no longer speak. He, but he was talking about beauty, ethics, that kind of stuff. Sure. And, and that's where I think we tend to have some friction. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I know um, maybe you have this ex- had this experience at Andover Newton where um, you were sitting in the library doing some work for a sermon coming up, reading some commentaries, and someone else would come up to you and say, what are you doing? And you'd say, I'm working on a sermon, getting ready. And they say, you don't need to do all this research and learning. Just trust the Holy Spirit. <laughs> You're going to be fine. Yeah. yeah you, you will be fine up to a point, but you, you won't advance the, the project. You, right. You won't. If you're not willing to examine what's been written and said about faith through the years, you mm. can't very well add anything to that. All you can do is reinvent the wheel again. 
And uh, I've seen people do that. I've, I've heard those sermons. Oh, they're not very good. They stink. Yeah. They're the reason a lot of people leave churches, because they hear the same... When you don't educate yourself about what faith is, mm-hmm. you tend to start repeating the few things you know. And that is not helpful for anybody at all. Um, and, and additionally, you'll keep repeating the things that you don't know from faith, that you mm-hmm. didn't get from faith, because those are... Oh, they're everywhere. Um, how, how about how about this one? I mean, there there are dozens that we could invoke, but yeah. the Lord helps those who help themselves. Oh, it's there in the Bible, that right? In that's it. That's yeah. in Proverbs, right? Yeah, no, it isn't. Ah! It's not in the Bible at all. No, Ben Franklin's uh, book of quotations. Yeah, how about all things are possible for those who believe? Where's that in the Bible? I know there's all things work for good for those who have faith in God. No, yeah, that, but that's not what I said. Dang I said it. all things are possible. I mean, the Bible does indicate all things are possible for God, right. but not for all those who believe. Um, money is the root of all evil. Oh, yeah. That's, no, Where's that's that got to be from? in the Bible, right? Yeah, no, it just isn't. It just oh, isn't. Oh, it's actually the love of money is Here, the root here's of evil. One. This one's horrific, but it's said anyway. Um, heaven must have needed another angel. Yeah, I don't think that's in the Bible. I can't even yeah. play the straw man on that one. Of course not, because <laughs> yeah. it's just ridiculous, and it's a mean thing to say to someone who's grieving. Yeah. Um, th- there's just so many ways that people use the idea of the Bible in order to, um, in order to enforce their will on others or their mm. concept of the world on others. And people, you deserve to know what is and isn't in your original document of faith, original for our experience, the Bible. Right. So you got to get educated. And, and if I could add to that, um, there, there are beyond just knowing about the Bible, and I think that yeah, that's a, a core, you know, like a key aspect of who we are. Mm-hmm. There's also how do we pray? How, oh, do sure. we, how do we talk about God? How do we talk about pain? How do we talk about joy? So, yeah. I mean, Christian education is not just teaching facts and figures about the Bible. You know, right. memorize these dates, learn these passages. Uh, but I would say it's also teaching us a language and, and forming us spiritually um, mm-hmm. into followers of Christ. Oh, you know? So important. If the community yeah. isn't going to rebuild itself, re-engage, reinvigorate itself uh, every, every generation, then mm-hmm. we're, we will be gone. And it's, this is part of the mission. I mean, if you don't know your faith, if you haven't been taught your faith, how can you teach it? Right. And they say teaching is one of the best ways to learn something or own a concept yourself. Yeah. Um, we, are, we are responsible for the community and faith around us, and this education is our best tool for passing it on. Now, I really appreciate that you brought up prayer and mm. faith language and other things that are not just Bible stories, because... Right. The community, if we don't inform those who join the community of what we, what we believe and how we want to best interact, we can't expect them to do it either. Right. Um, that's part of how we build the beloved community as we understand it. That's, that's part of, that, that's really important. Yeah. We I, w- there's a, I would say our, our faith shapes our language, but also our language shapes our faith. That's right. And so we, you know, to be careful about how we speak, not in the sense of be careful what you say, but to be deliberate, deliberate is a better word, to be deliberate Mm. in the way that we speak about what we Mm. believe and what it means to us. 
I that, appreciate that's a part that. of Christian education. Yep. Yeah, you don't need to be careful. I mean, we, yeah. we need to be careful around around kids who yeah. who might misinterpret, but uh, much much more be determined to to set the boundaries and, and understand this material to the best of your ability. Come with good intentions, mm-hmm. and then rely on good practice. Together, we'll get we'll get there. So that puts us in a bit of a quandary um, mm-hmm. right now because Christian education. Uh, I, I know as as like when this when the COVID started, we said, yeah. well, let's just do the bare essentials. Yeah. Which I, I think that's an appropriate response when you're in a crisis moment. You say, all right, let's make sure we've got food, water, shelter. Sure. Right? You know, bare essentials. Let's just, so we focus on worship. Let's make sure we can still get worship out there for, for people. We did. Yeah, we did. And, and I think everyone has found a good groove with that. But Christian education has kind of fallen to the wayside. I think in many churches it is. Uh, that's that's what I'm hearing anecdotally. Yeah. Well, I would say that for ours, we you know it just didn't work as well um, during the summer. We just had we you know we had a, our our vacation Bible school was just very very different. It wasn't didn't have the same kind of interaction as we'd like to. It, right. Well, it's also that's it's that yeah. So summer happens and we don't generally do active Christian education the way we do during the school year. Right. Uh, which is kind of ironic, because if you put a lot of eggs in the summer basket, you might get more attention, given that kids are in... Or I'm going to set that aside. But Charlie, people don't school. go to church during the summer. <laughs> Welcome to New England. Um, <laughs> it's such a weird... Anyway. It is. But, but yes, we absolutely had... We, we decided we had this much bandwidth, and, and that was too big a project to incorporate, but we can't lose it. No. It's one of the most important parts of what we do. This is how we regenerate the church, is through our education. Mm-hmm. We have to do this. Um, we need education across the lifespan and opportunities across lifespan. Yes, I know we offer these programs, and 100 people don't show up. I understand. I get that we are no longer the mainstream culture. Right, but if you do not offer it, I guarantee you, they will not come and learn and right. expand their horizons. I guarantee it. So we need we need to do this Christian education. And in fact, don't take my word for it. Um, if you need to know the rightness of the cause, uh, I'll put a link in the show notes uh, via Jonathan to books by Robert Pasmino, uh, oh, an educator yeah. of educators who can tell you in across a, a breadth of, of writings why and how Christian education is so important. Um, he's, he was the teacher of my first and my final class at Andover Newton. He was oh, my wow. bookend. Wow. And, um, but Bob has written a, a lot and educated a lot of us about yeah. why Christian education matters. And um, you can certainly uh, check out those links. Yeah. Provide them. Well, he's really well. Good, good callback. Hey, love Bob. Yeah, Miss I him. was I was hoping when you said don't take my word for it, you would have someone right there to oh. step in. And... <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. Oh, okay. um, but but one of the things that's important to Bob and is also mm. important to me is education across the lifespan. So when we're arguing yeah. for Christian Ed, we're talking to you, who actually might be listening to this podcast as well. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to rely on the Bible for a moment because that's one aspect that's easier to educate yourself on. 
Um, when you read the Bible, you read it with a lens in front of you, the lens of mm-hmm. your life, the lens of your experiences, the lens of your understanding. And that colors what you get out of the reading because the Bible is multivalent, speaks to different people in different ways. Right. Um, our own lenses around the Bible aren't the only story. Furthermore, if you've only received Bible knowledge from someone else, if you only infer it from someone else, you've now got their lens in front of Scripture as well. Right. So you keep piling up lenses. You can clean them all day long, but they change the way that you see the text. So I think one of the reasons people don't come to the Scriptures themselves is because they think it's too daunting mm. or overwhelming. And so they talk themselves out of starting the process in the first place. Uh, for kids, elders can lead the way, but for those of us that aren't in a kid's class anymore, there's this amazing tool that I've found. And Jonathan, I think you know about it as well. Okay, yeah. It's an it's Allen called, wrench. It's called an Allen... No, it's called books. <laughs> oh, books. Books. Right. Yeah. I Actual have a couple. books that you can read about the Bible, about faith, mm-hmm. about all kinds of aspects... I have two that I'm going to recommend for oh, adult good. learners. Yeah, what are they? And these, these are not the end-all, be-all. This is just another lens that can help. Um, one is called Meeting Jesus Again for the First Time. That Yancey? Uh, no, Borg. Oh, Borg. Borg. Borg, sorry. And the other is called Reading the Bible Again for the First Time. Marcus Borg is from a particular tradition, a particular set of assumptions about Scripture. He's... He's, uh, sadly, he's gone. He's passed Mm -hmm. away. He's gone to his reward. But Marcus Borg has helped so many people reinvigorate their relationship with Jesus and their relationship with the Bible through these books. So meeting Jesus again for the first time. We'll put links in the show notes. Yeah. Reading the Bible again for the first time. These are great ways for adult learners to remind themselves that education doesn't stop just because you've signed up for selective service. And I will remind my folks that I do a Bible study on Wednesdays from 1130 to 1230 on Zoom. Excellent. Um, Yeah, which is Christian education. And spiritual conversations at 845 on Sunday morning, it's a Bible study. Yeah. Oh, good. We use that uh, language to to kind of honor the fact that this is our spiritual walk together, but Mm. it's through Scripture. Oh, that's nice. That's good. I want yeah, to awesome. add one more thing. I know we need to start to... Well, we have a little bit of oh, time. Oh, come still. on. Must we? No. Well, we have a little time. I'll give you All a little right. more time. Um, <laughs> it, at, in this time, especially with our kids, uh, a lot of the onus goes on the parents, and, and I know that's oh, been yeah. tough. Mm-hmm. But I think with Christian education, the, the bringing into the home can offer real opportunities Mm-hmm. Uh, because it doesn't mean you have to sit down and do math problems with your kids. Right. Um, it means it could be as simple as saying grace before dinner together. Yeah. Uh, that's Christian education. It may be talking about, you know, if, if, you know after the service, we, you watch the service, and then you say, let's talk about this passage more. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you don't, parents, please hear this, you do not have to have the answers. Um, it's so freeing instead to say, I wonder what that might have felt like, or I wonder... Right. Use what, that Montessori questioning yeah. process. The, um, the godly play is a, is a, mm. um, a curriculum that uses that. We're not going to... We don't have that, but just to wonder with them, or if, if a child asks a question like, well, why did God let that happen? And if you don't know, then say, oh, I, I don't know. What do you think? 
and then right. yeah, and, and wonder together. That's Christian education, because you're you're teaching that it's okay to ask questions, it's okay to wonder, and you're not um, being blasphemous. And then call Charlie; he'll answer all your questions. Oh, thank you. No, seriously, <laughs> do call me. I will answer whatever questions I can. Yeah, and um, then and then call me after that, and also I'll, parents, I'll clarify everything Charlie was trying to say. There you go. Parents of young children, um, just read the stories. Tell them the stories, yeah. please. Yeah. Uh, the Beginner's Bible is a great resource. I'm not. Mm. I'm. I'm not gonna. I don't know all the organizations behind all these publications, but we use the Beginner's Bible at at, at Pilgrim Church, and then we transition to the Adventure Bible. Mm. Often these okay. resources for young kids are the New International Version. It's fine. Yeah, it's Just, fine. It's we, fine. I prefer NRSV, the New Revised Standard Version, but yep. the, the NIV is fine. Um, yeah, and you can use um, these Jesus, resources. I was going to say, yeah, on, on the 12 and Up podcast, Jesus has authorized the NRSV version for that oh, podcast. Well, but that the NIV nice. is fine. I, I hey, want to say hi to him for me, will you? I will. I, I surely right. will. Um, the, the Beginner's Bible is just little cartoony illustrations and the stories broken down across several pages. It's, it's great for uh, early readers. And it's a, if your kids see you doing something, they learn that it matters. Yeah. So if they consistently see you not praying, they get that praying doesn't matter. If they consistently hear you not talking about stories in the Bible, they get the Bible doesn't matter. Right. And yet those of us who dig in learn the richness of, uh, of Scripture and how helpful it is in our lives. So right. If, if nothing else yeah. in their Christian education, you show them that you pray and it matters to you and that you read Scripture and it matters to you, I think those are amazing gifts. I have uh, one other one other thought, and then we should move to prayer. I have one other thought too. Oh, okay, so we have two other thoughts for everyone, and then move to prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I think you know obviously with depending on the age of your kids, uh, you want you, like, I think you're right, Charlie. Modeling good behavior. So the, also, if you're watching worship online, which many people are, mm-hmm. um, don't tell your kids like, can you just go to another room and play or watch this movie? while instead. Mm-hmm. You know, have them be in the space with you so they can hear the prayers, they can hear you sing and stuff like that, or, or not, whatever, you, whatever it is you do. But if you need to, give them distractions. I know for a while we were um, suggesting, like, coloring pages that were Bible-oriented or, mm. or other videos they could watch that were, like, VeggieTale videos. Those are pretty good. Just, oh, yeah. They're you know, fun. things where there, there's overlap um, in, in the focus for that time to say it's mm-hmm. important for us to put time aside for God. And I love it, and that might model that. that might model how you do church together when church gets back to yeah. the new normal. Yeah, and what were Maybe. you? So you get the last point before we move to prayer. Try. Okay, so yes, um, how there's there is an injunction. How can we baptize and make disciples of all the nations if we don't know the material? There mm. are Christian imperatives: loving, helping, evangelizing, believing. Yeah. Uh, there's just things that we're called on by God in the message of Jesus, to go and do. And we can't bring people into what we have if we're not going to educate. Make it fun. Make it a, a part of the normal life of what the church does. It's, it's just so important. Yeah, good. Okay, so for prayer... Oh, I forgot to get his dates, too. Man, I am off. I'm going to find it. I have a prayer by John Henry Newman. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Who's John Henry Newman? John Henry Newman. No, uh, John Henry Newman is uh, Catholic. Um, he was from 1801 to 1890. 
he was first, he was Anglican. He was raised Anglican and then uh, converted to Catholicism. Okay. Uh, just a beautiful writer and thinker. Um, okay. and very in, um, influential in uh, Catholicism in England during that time. Okay. Uh, so that's, that's who he is. Got it. Uh, his, 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 yeah, I, I won't get into his theology. It's fantastic, but his prayers are, are pretty good. So th- I thought this one, this is a prayer for light, for the light of truth. I thought that, that'd be a nice one for this. All right. All right. That was, his, that was quite cumbersome. All right. We better pray. Let's pray. Okay. God, keep us humble, questioning and wondering. Help us to find that courage to search for answers and then to let go when we realize we cannot find them. Give us the language to speak and the wisdom to know when to stop. Hmm. God, thank you for our teachers, for those that shaped Jonathan and I and, and taught us so much, not, not just about the Bible, but about how to pray, about why faith matters, and about their own lives. God, help us to remember that when we, we make your story a part of our story, our story gets that much richer. And from John Henry Newman. Oh my God, I confess that thou canst enlighten my darkness. I confess that thou alone canst. I wish my darkness to be enlightened. I do not know whether thou wilt, but thou can, and that I wish are sufficient reasons for me to ask. What thou hast least hath not forbidden my asking. I hereby promise that by thy grace, which I am asking, I will embrace whatever I at length feel certain is the truth, if I ever come to be certain. And by thy grace I will guard against all self-defeat, which may lead me to take what nature would have, rather than what reason approves. Mm. Amen. Amen. That is a very interesting prayer. That is. I encourage people to look at the text of it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah I, whenever you get the thou's and the can'ts piling up, it's important to... Because there's some, it's it, there's a lot of humility in, in asking for for truth. That's what I he's hear doing. it, and yet a lot of responsibility in that prayer too. It's yeah, a, it's a it ticks a lot of boxes. Thank it, you. Yeah, it says something when we feel like we have to apologize for a prayer after reading it. You know, no, no, no. <laughs> I technically was not apologizing. For I think I was a little were. bit, um, but that you know, he lived a long time ago. They talked different back then. Indeed, they did. <laughs> and they were shorter too. Well, not shorter than John. No, no, they weren't. I, I mean, I, I, I am a, a full four eight. All right. Well, so am I. No. I think most people are four foot eight inches. At least four foot eight inches. At and least. many are more. And then some. Well, it's always good to, to <laughs> it's always good to talk to you, Charlie. It's good that we have this prayer and then end with some kind of frivolity afterwards. I appreciate it. Yeah. It reminds people that education, Christian education, needs to be fun on yeah. top of everything else. Yeah. So speaking of which, I'm going to go get my clown nose and wig okay. and start prepping for Bible study. Good luck with that. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Everyone be well. Peace. Bye. <laughs>